Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Hamilcast. It's me, Jillian. Today, or right now, I'm joined by Mike Smith. Hey, thanks for having me back. Hey, no problem. Thanks for getting in touch with my publicist and glad you guys could work it out. <laughs> Anytime. So this is not a mistake. Holly Campbell is coming. She, We're doing an emergency podcast system at the top of an existing episode, which I've never done before. Mm-hmm. But it's time sensitive. And it's like, unpre- what has happened is unprecedented, so new things have to be Please done. Please tell us what has happened. <laughs> so this episode's coming out at midnight. As is the April Hamill drop. The same minute the Hamill drop comes out. To the minute. Mm-hmm. It's called First Burn. <sighs> and there's a lot to say. So I'm going to get to it in a minute. I'm allowed to play it for you here. I'm going to tell you how that all happened. We're going to go through the whole thing. Then I'm going to play you something that is related that you can't get anywhere else. It's an exclusive. It is the it first is, right? Hamilcast exclusive. Uh, it's. I laughed, cried on the train yesterday. When I mean, all of this was coming together. My wife was contacted by Lin Manuel Miranda, <laughs> yeah. and expressly given permission, yeah, to drop something on the show. It's yeah. never happened. It's crazy. I'm going to give you guys the whole story, but first, let's just get into. First you know how burn. people must have acted like. In the middle of like Studio Fifty Four, like the height of of artificial ecstasy. <laughs> That's essentially how Jillian was last night. Only totally real. Only totally natural. <laughs> high on life. Yeah. All right, you guys. Without any further ado, first burn the April Hamel drop. I'm not naive I have seen women 
I'm not it's my favorite thing since Yorktown I'm obsessed with it I took copious notes when we listened to it last night when we had our little our little burnathon uh-huh I have so much to say about it I well, absolutely I'm a I love it I absolutely right love it. let's give some shout outs first let's Please. give credit where credit is due and then we can get into becoming just being absolutely obsessed with this and how this freaking happened and why I'm allowed to play it for you so we're giving shout outs to Ariana Afsar Julia Harriman Lexi Lawson. Our fr- friend of the show, Lexi. Friend of the show. I love Lexi. Rochelle Ann Go and Shoba Norion. Ladies, one more fear. They're all as, as uh, it's unbelievable. It is the most badass group of women singing this badass tune. I can't, I'm, I'm sweating still. I'm speechless. And we also heard from Jillian's BFF, uh, Alex Lackamore, <laughs> that for large sections of this recording, they were not even in the same place. Right, like Lack was going to them. It was crazy. So yes, Alex Lackamore did the arrangements. Lynn Manuel uh, wrote it, and we also, to quote Alex Lackamore, praise to Mike Elizondo for producing the instrumental track with yes. him. Yes. So seasoned hip hop producer. Yeah. He's worked with like some every every fancy A lister. With hip-hop, it seems to me Dre, not everyone, but a lot of them. Eminem, and Fiona Apple, and Mastodon. Like I can't even handle what this guy can do yes it's amazing and he did this all right i need to i can't I don't, you t- you go you okay, talk about first burn. why don't i read i'm just gonna read exactly what i wrote in my notes app word okay. for word is that is that okay absolutely um i'm not even gonna alter my shorthand this is exactly what i wrote okay. as the song was playing okay and i had to tell jillian like I'm, I'm making notes about the song i'm not like i'm not like checking my new york islanders blog or right anything. yeah because yeah you were staring at your phone new destiny's child could be a group history's child <laughs> <laughs> i wrote down en vogue in my notes i thought that if they had a group that we would call them history's history's child, history's child. and then and this is okay back to my notes and their fans can be called historians because <laughs> <laughs> these ladies turn this song into a fucking hit it's the breakup anthem of 2018 and they weren't even in the same place get these ladies in a room that is the end of my notes. Let's get these ladies in front of a crowd, huh? I, I mean, how do you have chemistry with someone that you're not in the room with? Or that I don't even know if they've met before. They sounded coherent. Yeah. Like they were speaking with the same voice and they mm-hmm. blended so beautifully. Uh, yeah. And honestly, they could be a group. This could be a major, major pop song. Yeah, I wrote En Vogue. There's a burn on the mixtape and that burn is amazing too. Yeah, I, what I love about Burn is that it's not just a breakup song, but it's like, uh, fuck you. Those don'ts, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so empowering and just so powerful. Oh, I'm obsessed so, with it. So when Lynn was here in September and he was playing for us his original demo, it was him singing and we're gonna play that for you guys momentarily yeah spoiler so that's the thing that's the exclusive thing. but but what the the lyrics were exactly the same obviously so what we 
said at the time, if I remember it correctly, in the B-sides was that this this burn is just it's more pointed. It's prosecutorial. It's mm-hmm. it's it's more direct. It's she's coming at him. And then there's the line, the line that sends shivers up your spine. I know about whispers. I see how you look at my sister. Yes. When we knew that this was going to be the Hamel drop, my first thought was, what are these ladies going to do with this line? Because when when Lynn sang it right. in September, I've never forgotten it. Right. Absolutely. So I my notes have, it's just like those harmonies, these women, these arrangements, these harmonies underlined. It's just like you you can hear how each of these ladies plays Eliza. Like there are five different Elizas, mm-hmm. not just personally, but like you feel those different tones and they're all just like exactly what I want Eliza to be, mm-hmm. but it's just five different versions of her. Yes. And I think it's amazing. And I love how it goes from like, there's like super aggressive lines and then like disappointed lines and you just have, you run the gamut of the emotions and like that, that overlap of the, I'm erasing myself from the narrative thing. Like it's just the most beautiful. And again, how do you do that when you're not in the same room mm-hmm. and you just have Alex Lackamore there I mean, he's a genius, so it makes sense. It's not like uh, you just have Alex Lackmore there, so mm-hmm. it's fine. Erasing myself from the narrative. That future historians wonder how Eliza reacted when you broke her. She's on the attack in a way that she's not. I feel like the show is more dignified. Mm. In a sense, it's it, it's it seems more like she's taking the high road in the burn that we all know and love. Right. And in this one, she's it's it's more satisfying in some ways because you're mad at, at yeah. him. Yeah. So you're like, yes, you put him in his place. Right. It's like congratulations, Angelica's congratulations from the mixtape or from the early version. It's yes. that that angry like you. Idiot. So yeah, Andrew Day killed it in the mixtape mm-hmm. with the like taking the high road. Um, like she was like the adult in the room, yeah. but of course she just made an awesome, like just made an awesome she, pop song also yeah. out of it. Um, but this is just different. Yeah. She got that. She did this tone with the original lyrics. Can you imagine how she would have sound singing the line as I've referred oh to it? Oh my God. Just like, the like line. some kind of whispery. Capital T, capital L. Yeah. I could just, I could just feel her like whispering it. It's like, ooh. Yeah. You published the letter she wrote you. Told the whole world how you brought this girl into our bed In clearing your name you have ruined our lives Do you know what Angelica said when she read what you done? She said, you've married the Nicaragua long too close to the side You and your We have these little new speakers you guys, that uh, you can, we sometimes pair our phones to it and it just like makes whatever you're listening to nice and loud. Uh-huh. And um, Jillian knows what I'm going to say here, but they were sitting on our table and I've never seen them do this. They were literally like quivering with emotion and like gently moving around the table. <laughs> like jumping. Like the speakers were overcome as well. Yes, it was amazing. Um, and then I also love to like, the we hits so much harder. Like there's that line, like we are your legacy and there she's talking, Eliza's talking about her family, but like it just hits so much harder when there are these five women saying, we are your legacy. It's like, we are the legacy of the song burn, the legacy of, 
playing of of telling Eliza's story, like hearing that line sung by these five women is just like it's the layers upon layers of that one line mm-hmm. alone is just unbelievable. Yeah. And when the time comes, explain to the children the pain and embarrassment you put their mother through. When will you learn that they are your legacy? We are your legacy. If you thought you were mine, I'm just so glad it's out now. Ugh. It's just, I, I just have, I can't, I just want to hear it over and over and over again. I, which I did yesterday. It's my favorite thing since Yorktown. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. I think it's absolutely incredible. I think it would be a hit if Hamilton didn't exist. Like a standalone, just that it could be on the radio. It should be on the radio. If it just came out, if this, it, it could be like the summer hit. It needs to be on the radio. Without Hamilton being a thing. Yeah. Standalone. It's amazing. So, oh God. I think we're ready. So here's the story of what happened. (laughs) Here's, so what I'm allowed to play you is the first draft of Burn sung by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Let's go back. In September when he was here, we talked about it on the episodes. I've been asked about it a lot in emails and on Twitter. And during one of our bathroom breaks, he played what I'm going to play for you. He just broke out a laptop and was just like, you guys are going to want to hear this. He just right. knew. He just knew that we would appreciate it. Totally knew. And I remember during the part, I see how you look at my sister. I reacted to him. I remember turning to him and saying, I don't know you well enough, but I want to push you. Like I want, like, I don't know you well enough to do that. And so you were pushing me instead. So I pushed you instead. But he was like, yeah, great. No, no, no. Listen, like keep go, like, yeah. because there were lines that he knew that we're going to, we're, we were going to lose our minds over and mm-hmm. he just like was excited that we were so excited about it yeah we definitely covered that in in the b-sides too so go yeah. back and listen to that okay so that was in september and it's been we also heard ben franklin that day the ben franklin song benjamin fucking franklin Fucking Franklin. Which I couldn't get out of my head. So I've been waiting to hear. I remember like saying to him, I was like, those don'ts are amazing. And I just obviously can't listen to it. So in September, like to hear it again is just so satisfying. But then we, I like went about my life the best I could knowing that Lynn was over and we heard this awesome thing. And I don't know if I'm ever going to hear it again, whatever. So like two weeks ago, I'm at the office, a.k.a. the New York Public Library, because that's what you do when you're a freelancer. And I get a DM from Lynn Manuel Miranda saying, remember how I played you that burn track and you couldn't play it on my episode because I said I might have something that I might want to do with it down the line? Well, hold on to your ass for the April Hamill drop, all in caps. I send back a GIF. I'm, I'm sorry, what? That's it. Yesterday morning, I get an email from him. From, again, Lin-Manuel Miranda, which I can't even believe, that says, hey, the April Hamill drop comes out Monday at midnight. So does your podcast. Do you want it for your episode? And I literally said verbatim, like, what? Dot, dot, dot. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. What? What? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, he sends it to me and hooks me up with the people at Atlantic Records and they send it to me and... um, so then I'm just like, okay, just to confirm, I get to play the whole thing and whatever. And he goes, oh, yeah. And by the way, here's the draft that I played for you. Feel free to play that too. We're not releasing that. This is yours. 
So I guess, like you said, it's an exclusive, which is insane. It is an exclusive. It's nutso. <sighs> so here is the draft that was played for us. The very first draft of Burn that Lynn played for us when he was over in September from like 2013, 2014-ish, early Hamill days, years and years ago. Here's the draft. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now you got to say exclusive like you're a DJ. <laughs> say it. It's your show. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But if I was, if it was really like 1035, it would be doing that throughout the track, which I'm not going to do. Remember, yeah, like with DJ Clue used of to reverb, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Funk that, Master Flex would be more like exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. Yeah. New no shit, new no shit, new no shit. I saved every letter you wrote me. From the moment I saw you, I knew you were mine You said you were mine, I thought you were mine Do you know what Angelica said when I told her what you'd done? She said, you have married an Icarus He's flown too close to the sun Don't take another step in my direction, I can't be around you don't think you can talk your way into my arms into my arms I'm burning the letters you wrote me you can stand over there if you want I don't know who you are I have so much to learn Eliza I'm rereading your letters and watching them This girl into our bed Clearing your name You have ruined our lives Heaven forbid someone whisper He's part of some scheme Your enemy whispers So you have to scream I know about whispers I see how you look at my sisters Don't! I'm not naive I have seen women around you don't think I don't see how they fall for your charms, all of your charms. I'm erasing myself from the narrative. Let future historians wonder how Eliza reacted when you broke her heart. You've thrown it all away and I hope that you burn. Just watch it all Time comes, explain to the children the pain and embarrassment you put their mother through to save your reputation, your precious legacy, they are your legacy, we are your legacy on second thought. Don't Lynn's gritted teeth. That's what I have too! Lynn's gritted teeth. I have that written down. I mean he's acting this song too, and he's this is just a placeholder that he was recording you know for the creative team to convince to, like hey tommy let's keep yeah. this one in i mean the gritted teeth i have that too that's so funny it's like our own little miscast it's unbelievable i know i know you told the whole world how you brought this girl into our bed clearing your name you have 
ruined our lives. And when he was here, I remember saying, oh, that was the thing. That was the thing where I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, no, 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 keep listening, because then it was the how you look at yes. my sister. But the thing I always loved that Eliza said, that girl, that's such an insult. Eliza's such a woman. Like, you brought this girl into our bed. Like, mm-hmm. I always thought that that was such a, a very subtle dig that Eliza yes. was giving. And Lynn was like, yeah, great. No, 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 keep listening. <laughs> Shut up. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> yeah. And he was absolutely right to say And that. you explained to the children. Yes. Like you, you did this. You explained to the children. Yeah, you love writing pamphlets so much. You do it. Yep, do it. I'm walking away from you. Don't I don't trust myself around you. Like what? So that's another. That's an attack statement. Yeah. When the time comes, explain to the children the pain and embarrassment you put their mother through to save your reputation, your precious legacy. They are your legacy. We are your legacy. On second thought. Don't. Because those layers, he layered it in. And then like to hear the women actually do those harmonies and like to have, you know, that when you see Eliza do burn on the cast album and on in the performance, like she fills out those those harmonies herself with like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's such a, a powerful it's not a one note. Th- it's a very heavy. Yeah. Vocal thing that just one woman does. So then five of them. It's just like I can't. handle Yeah. It. Um, last night when when Jill and I listened to this. We listened to this first and then the Hamel drop. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I wrote down was the line, can't wait to hear the ladies. Like if yeah. if I see how you look at my sister, it gives me chills when it's Lynn. Like how how is it going to sound when there's yeah. a bunch of leading ladies singing it? You published the letters she wrote you. You told the whole world how you brought this girl into our bed. Clearing your name, you have ruined our lives. Forbid someone whisper he's part of some scheme. Your enemy whispers, so you have to scream. I know about whispers. I see how you look at my sister. Don't. I'm not naive. I have seen women around you. Don't think I don't see how they fall for your chance. So now we have two new versions of Burn that we can listen to whenever we damn well please. There are four Burns. There's four Burns. Each one has its own personality. They're like four different, they're like four different kids. Cast recording Burn. You just love them all. Yeah. Cast recording Burn. I didn't make any of them, but I love them all. Mixtape Burn. First Burn. Draft Burn. Yep. Four Burns. Mm Mm-hmm. What? And they're all like amazing and and like powerful. I just can't get over like how powerful it really is. Like even on the mixtape, like Andrew Day, like it's sexy. Yep. And so is this, this En Vogue style sexiness that these women do. It's just, it's flawless. How perfect is it that Mike Elizondo produced the new Hamill drop Mm -hmm. and produced Fiona Apple, who has made some of the great female centric breakup songs (laughs) or just like catharsis relationship catharsis songs let me tell you something about that <laughs> now you got to say it like coach taylor I'll tell you something <laughs> i really appreciate that here's the thing he worked on extraordinary machine okay that album is amazing i love fiona apple if you guys don't know already here's what i tweeted last night she listens to it every time we fight guys it's, it's true i'm not gonna lie. <laughs> i listen to it on like beautiful mornings whenever we get into an argument 
Hey, man. If Jillian puts headphones on, you can be sure that <laughs> hopefully you're not listening to Burn. I'd rather you listen to, if it, if it involves me, I'd rather it just be some Fiona Apple. She's song. so good. Ah. But last <laughs> night, I was just like, okay, I was trying to get the, the, I was trying to get Burn out of my head. I was trying to like settle and like sleep on it so that we could have this, this cohesive recording, which is not coherent at all and much longer than I wanted it to be at all in general. But um, so I was like, oh, I'll listen to Extraordinary Machine. And in my head, I tweeted about this. I was like, Every song relates to Burn. Every song made me think of Burn, like not about love and just like red, 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 all of it. I was just like, oh, okay, well, no sleep for me. Just really amazing, badass women in my ears. Mm-hmm. Oh, the problems. I know. And speaking of, another, you have another badass woman for 45 minutes, Holly Campbell, part one. Oh, I can't wait. She's as, amazing. I, As a listener, I can't wait. She's awesome. She's going to tell you guys like all the tears of Hamilton tickets. That'll mm-hmm. perk, that perked you right up, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Hamilton tickets. Before we go. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. What? Because you guys, Jillian has a new impression, a new one word impression mm-hmm. that she does. Those are my um, best impressions, one word. Because we were, oddly enough, we were playing Risk <laughs> And listening to Run DMC one mm-hmm. night, yep. and we started talking about Run's House, and Run's House was a reality show on MTV with, back ten, yes. over ten years ago with Rev Ron and his family. Uh-huh. It was like a big, it was a pretty big hit, though. I think people know what that is. No, I get so I love Rev Ron, so I, yeah. So anyway, uh, every episode ends with him in an in an absurdly large bubble bath. <laughs> it's true. Writing. Uh, sermons on his Blackberry. Presumably they'd be this sermon for his congregation the following Sunday or whenever. And he always opens with the same way that Lynn opens his first tweet of the day. Mm-hmm. And Jillian has her impression is is that that opening in the voice of Rev Run. Good morning. <laughs> That's it. And then it would be, it, they called it like his words of wisdom. And I think for a time you could like, there was like a mailing list that you could get on and just like every morning would be like, good morning. I remember like when I was fighting with my son, Diggy, it reminded me of how when we're walking through life and he would just relate whatever insane yep. thing happened on the reality show that day. Whenever I see Lynn's good morning tweets from now on, that's how I'm going to hear it. Good, good morning. morning. It's the best because Lynn does it. It's G and then no space and then M-O-R-N-I-N. God is love. Rev, Rev run. run. He does that pause. Look, I wish MTV can you don't play like Laguna Beach or the Hills. <laughs> Give us back Rev's uh, Who's runs house. house? Runs runs house. house. Um, so I guess that's it. I'm gonna. I don't want to hold up Holly Campbell because it's amazing. I want to thank Lin Manuel Miranda for thinking hey, of Lynn. the podcast and thinking. You know, when I said that, he he responded to the email and he was like, "Well, it makes sense. I talked about it. I told you I was gonna do something with it, and I did it. And so here you go. I'm so grateful that he thought about it, that he's giving me the draft, and that I'm a, like, thank you, Atlantic Records, for letting me." Play the Hamel Drop by First Burn anywhere you download it, stream it, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, whatever. And then if you want to learn more about Hamel Drops, go to hameldrops.com. It can't be easier. So thank you, uh, Lynn and Lack and all of these incredible women on this track. And thank you, Lynn, for like tweeting about the fact that he gave it to me and, and is it you know helping people find the podcast it means so much to me i'm gonna start laugh crying again so um thank you mike for joining me on this beautiful saturday afternoon hey no problem to chat with me about this and i'm i'll be back soon enough i'm filled with a lot of gratitude possibly in las vegas because philip tour we're coming for you what philip tour (sighs) nick walker i'm here i'm coming for you yep you know what nick walker also i defended you i don't like all these tweets about (laughs) mean I was with Donald Weber. I, I agree with you, Nick Walker. She was mean. I defended Nikki Burr, had the hashtag Nikki Burser. Nick Walker, whatever you said, I agree with it. 
I don't appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, I love you guys so much. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy Holly Campbell part one. Um, I love you a lot. I'm just filled with gratitude and love for everything and everyone right now. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. I'm M.Smith. Yeah, I'm G.Pen, but I'll tell you that again later. You have torn it all apart. I'm watching Welcome to the Hamilcast. It's me, Jillian. Today I am joined by Associate Company Manager for Hamilton Broadway, Holly Campbell. Hi, guys. How's it going? Holly, we have met a couple times at the Rogers. I think you're awesome. I think (laughs) you're badass. Thank you for coming. Not just because usually I thank people for coming on their day off. You did not have a day off today, even though it's Monday. Yeah. You came like straight from work. So I appreciate you (laughs) 100%. And now even more that you just like, you know, I'm so excited to be here. You made me a cocktail and some water. So like, what else could a girl ask? I mean, (laughs) and there's like, Appetizer. Oh yeah. Do you want? The oh snacks? yeah. There's appetizers. You know, I'm crackers? grand right now. Okay. Uh, but thank you. Okay. Um, the cocktail is the. <laughs> I don't say no to whiskey. <laughs> Because I know you're a whiskey gal. <laughs> because the the last time we really like spoke and hung out was when I was at the show to watch it in Annalie Craig's. Oh right. Station, yes. Yes. As I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about whiskey then, and I made a mental note. Yep. I'm a big old bourbon and whiskey girl. Right. Because you're from. Because I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> so it, it uh, goes with the territory. Right. So there's uh, some whiskey in there and like cherries for the Lots redness of, of the, the Mariah dress <laughs> and the Hamilton glasses. It's um, it's beautiful. Well, thanks. And the giant ice cubes. I'm a big fan of the giant Super ice cube. Cubes. It's I mm-hmm. mean, and we have a lot more where that came from. So mm-hmm. cheers. Raise a glass. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's dive right in. I want to talk about. What an associate company manager does, Mm -hmm. so all the listeners can know about it, and how you learned about Hamilton. So what should we do first? Like, what do Um, you think is... Let's start with associate company managing and company management in general, Okay, which is like... A little bit broad, but I'm and I'm gonna not be overly boring. I hope you're um, not boring at all. I feel like probably at least a quarter of your listeners are like, "What is a company manager?" Didn't know that was a thing. Absolutely. And um, now, like, because I didn't even when I was in college, I was in a high school like performing arts program, and I was like, "What company manager?" Okay, so um, basically on Broadway, a company manager does the uh all of the day-to-day business for the show okay that's everything from like today my coworker Brig and i were processing everybody's payroll 
Uh, I paid some bills. I uh, I just got back from a trip to Seattle, so I was uh, reconciling receipts, which is thrilling. Uh-huh. I was booking flights for one of our Universal, uh, our Universal Skylar sister, Jenny Harney, was oh, going great. is going to Chicago, and she's coming back to us for a couple days, so I had to book some flights for her. It's all of that sort of daily business stuff that you're like, who handles that? Ding, ding, it's me. So I have a coworker, Brig Bernie. He's the company manager for the show. Uh, And the two of us sort of split all of the responsibilities evenly, Um, which means we work in an office during the day, Monday through Friday. We're usually in between 10 and 11. Mm -hmm. um, And we're there until about an hour before the show starts, at which point we go over to the theater. Usually... It depends. Sometimes it's both of us at the theater. Sometimes just one of us goes. And while we're there, we're essentially our producer, Jeffrey Sellers, like daily representative there. So Jeffrey, of course, can't be at the theater every night. He's got other things to do. And, and you know, he's, he's not always there. Right. Um, but he wants someone to be able to keep an eye on sort of like the temperature of the company, what's going on. Um, you know, if somebody is ill, I'll usually go back and like let our general managers know Uh especially if it's it'll be in our in our reports we get every night but if there's something specific going on with somebody um i'll check in with them i'll make sure things are good it's little things like oh if somebody's dressing room gets painted i want to go up and make sure it looks okay wow this is a lot it's a it's a lot of things i usually i refer to it as like company mom when i'm at the theater right um because it's also just like hey i know you had like a big filming day how did it go how's everything going like really just like Checking in with everybody. Uh-huh. Like super corporate people would say like morale. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Morale, like when you but- said like the temperature of the cut, you're just like, how is everybody doing? How's things? Right. Like if you have a problem, you can always come and find one of us, whether it's I think I got paid wrong or whether it's like I just had a really shitty thing happen in my life. Am I allowed to curse? I'm allowed to curse. Of course. Right? You can yeah. say anything you want. Okay, great. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's, so you have everyone's back. Yeah. It's like us in stage management. I will say like we definitely all work as a team. It's not just like, hey, me, Holly Campbell doing all these things. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, it's and, and so, so they know that they can come to management. Uh, and I find that like in company management, you have to be a it has to be some sort of mixture or balance of uh of being a good business person for the the stuff that you do during the daytime and also being relatable and being somebody that if that people feel like they can talk to mm-hmm. um, because i want you to come with come to me if you have a problem and not feel like oh management is not anybody that i can yeah you know relate to so if it wasn't a monday would you be at the show right now? Uh, yes. If it wasn't a Monday, usually like when I try to make drinks plans with friends, I'm like, hey, I'm not available till 730. Um, I don't stay through the whole show. OK. Is the other half of that. Um, OK. I stay until about half an hour, 45 minutes after it starts. OK. Um, so we're there checking in with people for that whole hour before people start to arrive anywhere between an hour before and and they have to be there by half hour. Sure. Um, so that whole time we're there. Uh, it's also great if we like on on Hamilton, if there are celebrities in the house, which I mean, it happens at other shows, but especially at this one, we'll often go out and sort of like greet them and say, you know, the company's so excited to have you here, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cool, weird perk of the job. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who have you met that is the coolest and also weirdest? Um, you, you know, <laughs> uh, my two favorites were um, 
Wow, I almost just said Josh Lyman, but actually Brad Whitford. <laughs> Josh Lemon Lyman? Are Josh you kidding Lyman. me? That yes. one was a big one because I've watched West Wing so many times in my life. Yes. And you just said you listened to the Ian Weinberger episodes. So I did. You yeah, know that I'm, this I'm is aware a West that... Wing friendly home. Absolutely. Uh, oh, man. I did my research, but I yes. but I listen, started watching West Wing when I was in high school and try to do like an annual rewatch if I can you know absolutely um, I was just watching so and then it's like you know around Thanksgiving and Christmas right, you watch right, like you watch Noel, those. yeah and you watch all those it's good for the soul anyway two cathedrals so, will never not be my favorite episode but <laughs> I can't this is a whole other podcast yeah right yeah right. shout out to the West Wing Weekly the Jillian West Wing podcast <laughs> you guys are awesome sorry Josh Molina Jillian's taking over <laughs> oh my god absolutely not <laughs> never ever but if you want to do a crossover that would be just fine with me into it um, anyway sorry back to company management right so, no but Bradley Whitford was amazing Bradley Whitford was incredible like I really was like this is this is great and then also cool um like a lot of the political people that we've gotten Mm -hmm. uh and like James Comey was really it was awesome to meet him and he had jokes about having been fired which was great because that was like not long it was right after Trump fired fired him and he made some sort of joke when I said you know the company's so glad to have you here he was like Oh, yeah. Well, you know, now that I was fired, I've got all this time on my hands. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess he made the same joke backstage to a lot of people as well. And I was like, all right, well, you got this joke. He probably Comey. prepped the joke. Like, what do I great. say? Yeah. What do I say? But he was amazing just to like, like that. And then also we've met a lot of um, people from the Coast Guard. And yes, uh, because yeah. Hamilton started the Coast sure. Guard. And like, I have a friend now who's a Coast Guard captain who I keep in touch with him and his wife and like, and their kid, they live in Virginia. And they were like, whenever you come in town, let's have dinner. That is so cool. It's something that I never would have expected. And I don't, you know, I'm not a, a huge military person. Like my grandfather was in the Coast Guard. Okay. And oh, I absolutely awesome. have respect for everyone who has served. Sure. Um, I just like have, don't know a lot of specifics, but it's been really cool to form this relationship because I work in theater. Yeah. Like <laughs> what? And you never would have thought. And so then like I got to, so uh, captain Clinton and this captain he's the um, he was the captain of the newest Coast Guard cutter which was named to Alexander Hamilton the Hamil- yeah the Hamilton yes. yes so they were in town and he gave us all private tours of the ship and and like we just became very friendly with them and it, it was like getting to do that that kind of thing right is what makes this show different than any other show sure when you're Um, talking to these people is it in their seat do you meet them before you um, just like go up to them i usually meet them before i'll just go up when they're in their seats if if it's somebody like really famous they like to stay in the back until it's time to uh like time to come out to their seats for the show to start um and occasionally i've greeted people there uh but for the mo- and I don't do it with everybody. It's not like a requirement of the job. If it's like a little bit more of like, oh, I really want to say a hi little to bit this of person. A perk. One of the yeah, perks where you definitely can, like- a perk. And because if we don't, our house manager Tim will also always take care of them. Sure, but you know, I'll say, oh, so and so's coming. Like for instance, I'm a huge NFL fan. Okay, and um, and the Saints, I'm sure. Yes, I'm a big Saints <laughs> fan. Grew up going to games, but like. Uh, I'm just going to keep name dropping a little bit. Go um, ahead, please. There was a day when, when Colin Kaepernick was there oh, and I said awesome. that to Tim and, and Tim was like, I think I know that name. And you know, he's just, he's not a football person. He doesn't know. And, um, so he was like, do, do you want to greet that? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can you both go? If On there's it. someone, I mean, oh, totally. Yeah. 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 We're well, not definitely. like, fight, like, well, well, you have to no, Right. I, like no, no, no. I gave you Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick. Now you have to give me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right like share <laughs> right <laughs> yeah no but he um 
yeah, it's it's just a, a perk of the job. But anyway, that happens. The show starts, uh, and then the last thing that I have to do that night is um, I go down to the uh, to the treasurer's office, who runs the box office, uh, and his office is located uh, right next door to the men's restrooms in mm-hmm. the Richard Rogers men's basement area. It's um, the bathrooms are notoriously. Um, hard to get to. Yeah, correct. Correct. <laughs> and it's a, it's the intermission. If you could give us maybe you guys at the Rogers, if you're listening, like even two more minutes would mm-hmm. be really helpful. <laughs> it's it's tough. You know, I have found that the trick uh, sometimes can be to walk outside and go up to the Marriott Marquis. I've heard that uh-huh. many a listener have. I mean, have I didn't me. say that officially, but <laughs> the Marquis is probably not going to be happy with it. Right, but I'll say it because yeah. I get emails from listeners who are like, "It's I've learned it's easier to just bail." and then just yeah, run back go in. there go just run down to you know now the edison crosswalk is reopened mm-hmm. you can run to any of the restaurants on 47th you got time it's tough you can have a, like a shot and a pee and then go back to your seat right there we awesome. go that's the best way to do it I yeah think. <laughs> um anyway so i go down to next door to the men's restroom i love that you go to the treasurer that's uh-huh. the last thing you do i go to the treasurer's office ham. we yeah right we sign um a box office statement so uh Hamilton, the show, rents out the Richard Rogers Theater from the Nederlanders right. who own the space. Yeah. So the Nederlanders, the box office staff, are all Nederlander employees. Uh, and so they're all accountable for all of the money. Uh-huh. Um, and this is like a tradition that started way back in the day when everything was paper and you didn't have computers and it was much easier to steal. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody would have to go and sign a statement of, of sort of what money was made that day, what any deductions were, taxes and credit card fees and that kind of thing. Right. And then um, what your like how much money you actually made for that performance uh and so it's still to this day like the the Nederlander treasurer gets those numbers and he enters it into a report and so then we'll both do the math to double check that it's correct Mm -hmm. and then the two of us and the house manager all sign off on it saying like we are all certifying um as the box office as the theater owner and as the the representative for the company that these numbers are correct you know it's like boring but but it's not boring but it's like what needs to happen because i feel like people hamilton isn't just the room where it happens in the schuyler sisters and yorktown and like right what did i miss i mean we do the behind the scenes stuff totally and like <laughs> yeah. if it weren't for it's you guys it it would all fall apart because you need to know about that business stuff and taking the temperature of the cast and crew and like right. everyone getting paid on time and and people feeling comfortable if there's a concern or having a rough day like all of that matters. Yeah, like like so Hamilton is a show and it's an incredible show and, and I'm so lucky to be working on a show that is so great. But every every Broadway show is is also a business. So you're at the end of the day you're trying to make money as much as you're trying to to put on this great piece of art sure. and if you're lucky you can do both at the same time. Right. Um there are we all there are all shows that have made money but maybe aren't as great pieces of art and there are pieces of art that are incredible that don't sell to a commercial audience. Right. So finding that balance is like a producer's dream, obviously. Right. And then we're here just to help facilitate that and make sure that, you know, ideally 10, 15, 20 years down the line, this show is still selling tickets. Right. And we're not mismanaging the funds. And <laughs> yes. we're not, you know. Yeah. What is the track that you're allowed to leave by? You said like half hour, 45 minutes. By yeah. what song? Because um, the listeners know it like in songs. Yeah. Oh, totally. In sure. Scenes, so yeah. it's, it's really, usually I get back from the, from the treasurer's office, depending on how quickly we do things and like sometimes we chat for a while sure. um 
sometime between Skylar Sisters and You'll Be Back. Oh, like wow. Like, if I don't get back until You'll Be Back, I know it's a late day. But then... I go back to the stage manager's office before I leave. That's usually where I leave all of my things. And so that's sort of like my home base when I'm at the theater. Right. I do have an office that's outside of the building, uh, outside of the Rogers. Right. Uh, it's a couple blocks away. We just, um, so that's where I am during the day. And then it's like a nice little five minute walk over to the theater from there. Yeah. If you wanted to stay and watch the show, you could. I do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm full like, work day of right. like, just really just mentally trying things like, I um, numbers and you know I call myself the Excel whisperer. <laughs> um, I really love Excel. I You're learned like it when I was thirteen. Who is good at Excel? Uh, yeah, amazing. What is the trick? I still have more to learn, I think, but I feel like you always have more to learn in life. And with Excel. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom was um, my mom was in education. And so she was real. I'm from New Orleans. And so this was right after Hurricane Katrina. I was in high school and um, we were reopening an elementary school. She was going to be the vice principal of it. Wow. And um, so I was going to school during the day and then like helping out during the summer and it, and in the evenings with this whole process and um some of the like somebody else who was working with her taught me how to use excel and i thought it was incredible <laughs> i was like you can add things in the cells the you can, sum yeah, uh, yeah. You, she taught me like conditional formatting which is the thing where like you can put in something so like if this cell is greater than 250 this other cell will turn red like that kind of thing there's a lot of um uh like tutorials on the internet i found youtube is a uh youtube's great i often if i don't know how to do something i'm just like i type a like word vomit into excel or into google that's excel this 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 i'm trying to figure out whatever the the problem that's is how that i, I want to solve yeah you you can figure it out google yeah. can tell Google's you and great. some like 14 year old kid will have a youtube video about exactly. it and teach so you how I'll to watch edit the video, or do excel i'll do some you know right i love it because that was so i started learning when i was young and then i really was like oh this is cool and has a lot of capabilities and of course there are limitations but um but i use it so much in my <laughs> daily life that it's really been a lifesaver yeah so you were telling me before we started recording that you came of course new orleans uh but your parent you came from a musical background yeah and you're great at excel so now it's all coming together like sort of how you got to this yeah, right place. i guess we've now we've we've segued. a little bit wow yeah. i didn't even mean to do that but right? it worked out well you're really good at this thanks appreciate <laughs> it um yeah so i grew up in new orleans um i always was obsessed with musicals i remember my grandfather had like the best of andrew lloyd weber uh, cds in his car and i was perfect. like I, I was into it girl i listened to those cds so many times yeah and when phantom came to town when i was nine and i begged my parents for tickets for my birthday and they got me tickets and uh and i was hooked then when i was in high school i you know i participated in plays a little bit mm -hmm. and there's an arts high school in new orleans and this same summer when i was working for my mom's school we ended up doing a professional development uh seminar with the teachers at this arts high school and I thought it was so cool and they were just opening up auditions for the next year my mom said you know like you have friends who go there you should you should just audition and I said I don't know and so also like I said this to you uh, fair earlier both my parents are musicians right um it was not their uh their primary source of income for either of them but they my entire life when I was growing up like they played in like an Americana folk band and so it was like cool. Thursday nights I wouldn't see them because they had a standing gig this one place what did they what uh, instruments did they, they play? They started they were both singers and then my dad 
played guitar initially and uh, my mom also played like rhythm guitar and then my dad picked up bass and their best friend Paul would play with them and he played mandolin cool Um, and then they would just like you know my mom played a lot of like percussion instruments as well like like the tambourines and and different things like that awesome it was really fun and they would just have their other friends sit in with them sometimes they had a drummer sometimes they had a harmonica player like all different kinds of things. Amazing. So they were very musical and they were very like inclined to to grow that in in their children and me yeah. and my sister. And my sister was always more of the artsy one and I was the one who was like, I'm going to sit inside and read a book. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was my jam. Right. Um, but anyway, so my mom said, you should audition for this school. And I said, I, I don't know, mom. But um, I did. And I got into their musical theater program. No way. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this. Okay, uh, okay so you're so doing, we're doing this. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Thank you. Both of our eyes lit up. And that was perfect. What did no, you I sing? Um, I sang, uh, was, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, as as a fifteen year old, sure, angsty, yeah, that makes old, singing that total song. sense. Um, yeah, it was, and <laughs> and they liked, and you know, here's the thing: like, I I've always been a perfectionist, so I was like, I'm not going to be the best singer in that class. I'm not going to be the best dancer. Forgetting because you do that, it's like a school. So the whole point is they want to teach you. So mm-hmm. if you're interested and you're showing a little bit of talent, like, all right, great, Phil, right, you know, let's go, yeah. Exactly. Let's go. Let's go. Right. So I got into this school and I um I was I did the whole theater like musical theater thing for the first year and I was like, this is fun being ensemble girl number seventy two. <laughs> and I was then we were like doing a production of the Who's Tommy my senior year. What? I love that show. But yes. Oh yeah. my god. And I like had to miss callbacks because, you know, I had something else important going on. I don't know. I was a senior and I had a lot of things going on. And um, the director came to me and he was like, so we're putting you in the ensemble because we have to put you in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, we also would like, like, we're looking for somebody to help take notes during during rehearsals. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm here for it. Essentially, they were looking for a rehearsal stage manager. Essentially, just somebody to keep the blocking and and know what props are where at any given time. And because whoever was supposed to do it was sick. So I'm sorry, girl, that you got sick. But thank you for leading me to where I am today because I took that and I started doing it and I was it would be like okay I'm gonna take notes now I'm gonna go dance in this number real quick and now I'm gonna go back and start taking notes again it was actually the best of both worlds it was you were doing both yeah that is awesome and I won't lie I kind of hated being on stage really so I yeah I very quickly was like oh this is fun I love musicals I loved the classes where we learned about it Uh uh-huh I hated performing. I think that's awesome that you could say that and that you felt it like, nope, I don't want to do that part. I mm-hmm. want to do the other part. Yeah. And we had to go through like part of that senior year class. Was oh, we right. Because you were in an a audition. school for that. I was oh, in a shit. school for musical theater in the afternoons. Like right. I had my academic high school in the mornings and then I would go there in the afternoon. And then I, um, it was like we had to put together our senior year, our like audition package of like four monologues and six songs. And I was like, do I have to do this? I even don't though I'm do not this, gonna. Like, and they forever. were like, yeah, it's important that you do. Yeah. Even, they were like, we'll help you foster your dream. But also you got to sing these songs real quick. <gasps> I cannot even, I don't even remember what I sang. I sang <laughs> a Gershwin song in French. Um, because in French? Because I, I speak French. So 
Um, so Again, I was like, okay, New here's a, yeah, in New Orleans, it's the thing. I, so no, I was like, I think here's it's awesome. a way to impress people is if I sing in another language. Um, and I But sang, I love that like, you didn't want to do it for the rest of your life, but you were like, here's what's really going to impress them. <laughs> I don't even want to do this, but I'm going to do it 150 million percent. Like I said, um, a little bit of a perfectionist. So yeah, you got to <laughs> do like, it. Might as well go 100%. for it. And then in this port, in this period of my life, I learned that I also was not a soprano and was really could do the like belty alto situation sure, same. i also sang a song from sondheim's first musical um it's called saturday night amazing uh it was too high for me i should not have sang. <laughs> so you went but through all anyway, this you made yourself yes. like i've just like, talked about my childhood history for a no, long time i love it but you made yourself what and listeners know like the whatever packet because yeah. so many of the actors your audition packet like, right so you they like made you i had to have one because packet. we were all going to go to chicago and everybody was going to audition for schools and so i at this time separately from school had been you know receiving all of the things in the mail all the the you know here's this college that wants you to look at their program uh-huh. um and i threw out every single one that didn't have a theater program right uh and then i got i was like there's still a lot of these i can't i can't research all of them and so i threw out every single one that didn't have multiple theater degrees because i was like Ooh. they'll be serious if they have multiple theater uh-huh. degrees i don't sure. know if that was a good way to think about things but i ended up in a place that i like so great it makes sense to me if you like you sure. don't want to be trapped because if you don't want to be singing and and making audition packets then you're going to need to branch out a little bit. right i was like let me just see that what makes they are. total sense i think me. i didn't even throw away the other ones i just sort of put them in a like b pile mm-hmm. um and then i was like okay well they have to have a business school which who doesn't have a business school but still because i thought i'm gonna do i'm gonna get two degrees i'm gonna get one in theater and one in business that was the plan okay uh and then i found a couple of schools that had something called a theater management program and, what? And I said, well, what is that? <laughs> like, I knew it wasn't stage management. Right. I knew what stage manager was. And I, w- I was like, maybe I want to do a stage manager. Maybe I just want to get like a business degree and a theater degree, not knowing at all what what it, what I could do with it. I was like, maybe I can be an arts admin at a high school because that's what I saw in my daily life. Right. And I looked into these schools online. There were like three of them at the time. It was like the University of Miami in Florida, College of Santa Fe and the University of Evansville in Indiana, which is where I ended up going. Okay. Um, and they all had like actual programs and actual uh, syllabi of like, here's what your what your class schedule would look like. Here's what what these classes would be. Um, and it was essentially exactly what I wanted, a mixture of business classes and theater classes. So why was stage management not what you were looking for? Why was that not the right combination of theater and business? You know, like I thought stage management was great, um, but in high school I called a couple of shows where you have to stage managers call all the cues and it felt so high pressure and so timed and I was like I don't I don't know if I could do this and I was like everything else about stage management is great maybe that's what I want right and it was it was sort of like in the back of my mind is like maybe I should get a stage manager's degree as well but then I found this thing and I just something clicked and I knew it was right and I even thought like I don't know what this means or what I'll do with it, but if there are schools offering a theater management degree, it must mean something. Yeah. That ham for ham of Ten Dual Commandments. Ooh, with JB calling. All right. Warning out of deck 45 on the red, 46 on the blue, 47 on the yellow, lights 450. Go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Automation. Ten Dual Commandments. It's a ten dual commandments. Nope. Lights 452. Number one, 
the challenge demands satisfaction. Like if they apologize, no need for further action. Nope. Number two. They don't grab a friend, that's your second. Like Lieutenant, when this record needs to be right. Nope. Number three. Have your second like speak five. face to nope. face. Negotiated peace. Or negotiated like time and place. This is commonplace, especially between the folks. Most disputes die and no one shoots. You can't, it's the same thing with ALC. Like you don't have a break. You can't look up. You can't take you a breath. You're can't in it. space out. And no. that is my biggest problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it doesn't happen a lot. And like, I probably, I assume like, like when I need to focus, I can't obviously, but there are moments there was a moment. Oh God, I was calling a show the summer after, after I graduated uh, high school and I was, I was calling this show. It was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And there are some of my high school friends wanted to put it on the, our, our high school lent us the space. Like it was, it was really fun, but I was uh, uh, calling it and my, I'm, I I shouldn't use this as as an excuse, but I will. So sorry in advance listeners. Uh, My very recent ex-boyfriend was in the cast Mm -hmm. Uh, he and I were dating when the show started mm-hmm. and then we were like going to separate colleges and so he broke up with me right um while we were still doing the show together okay, and well. I was like angry every time I saw him on stage <laughs> well, there's no reason to apologize angry, for that like, that is you know, a totally was, valid little, thing I was out of it <laughs> that is valid do not apologize <laughs> anyway. don't that is whatever anyway and I saw him and and something happened I saw him on stage and I just started thinking and then I realized that I was not at all paying attention to the script. And there was supposed to be like a, like the light was supposed to go out. There was oh supposed God. to be something oh that happened. And the next line was cued by it because it was like, what's that light? And did that light go out? Nope, it did no. not. Nope. It did not until nope. I stopped to, in my head, it feels like that was five minutes. It was probably like five seconds. But in my head, the, like that whole time, I just couldn't stop thinking about how I fucked up afterwards. Of course. You know, that is a very human thing. And it's one of, yes, that makes complete sense. So we have our moments. Um, So there were those things. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if stage management is fully right for me. Yeah. But I wanted to explore. I knew what the options were. There was a while too, where I was like, I'm going to work in a box office. That's everything I want. And I still often joke with my head treasurer and say like, I will also tell you like our treasurer. So our head treasurer, uh, his name is Fred. He's one of the greatest human beings alive. Freddie has been doing this for years. Hello, Freddie. He is also really awesome in that he now has this show that is going to be running for a very long time. So it gives him the opportunity to give other treasurers who might be out of work uh, right. a job for a couple weeks. Yeah. But there's a chance whenever you walk up to the Richard Rogers box office that you're talking to somebody who's only there for a couple weeks or right. who hasn't been there, you know. Yeah. Because that's we have... Um, I think we have eight full-time staff in our box office. Okay. Um, only usually four at a time. Right. But they rotate through obviously because they're there a lot of hours and like when we do an on sale the amount of work they have to do that day oh my god and on sale being when we put new tickets on sale of course right um and there's just like mobs of people at the what is your involvement in in when new tickets go on sale uh oh so another part of company (laughs) management uh like I said, we do all the catch-all business stuff. So uh, I'm the one who actually sends in the programming to the Nederlander organization, and they send it to Ticketmaster when okay. we want to put new tickets on sale. Oh wow! So we have Ham. Not every show has this, but Hamilton has a um, uh, a director of ticketing who 
sets the prices across all boards and he sort of oversees all of our on sales and makes sure that that all of our tickets are selling in all of our markets and you know if we're holding anything that we get rid of it and he does all that, which is great because right. then it means when we're going to put new tickets on sale, uh, he handles the majority of figuring out what prices it should be at and like and when we're going on sale with these tickets and that kind of thing. And other shows that I've done, um, that might be more of a conversation between myself and the general manager and the producer. Okay, um, it's a, like a little bit smaller scale when you're not looking at a company who has that has you know six different five different companies and we're trying to figure out how to coordinate them all at the same time Mm -hmm. and we'll get there because that's where Hamilton is right now so we'll get to that exactly a a little later in the conversation yes so so he does that and then um but then I look it all over uh look at the schedule make sure everything looks good if we need to schedule an actors fund performance which like is a benefit for the actors fund um or if we're scheduling some sort of like We'll do we'll do groups occasionally like uh, TDF who did the yeah. theater development fund. Sure, they do. Um, we do certain like open caption performances for them, um, where where we have the open caption screen or different thing or they'll be. I don't think that we've done a fully signed performance yet. Um, there's a lot of words. But yeah. Can you explain for listeners who oh, don't know yeah, exactly sure. what open caption is? So open caption is uh, is when you have a screen essentially at the bottom of the stage and all of the lyrics are captioned. Uh, it's for anyone who is hard of hearing. Uh, it gives them a, you know, a better option to see the show. And now we have caption devices available at every single performance, mm-hmm. just like we have assisted listening devices, which are like the hearing aids that, that you use to hear the show. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have something about the size of an iPad um, that someone can can use for the duration of the show that shows them all the lyrics on the screen and it's timed. So the lyrics appear as they're being sung on stage. Um, Is that different for every show? Yeah, it's something that we're... that that. Broadway as a whole is trying to implement right. for every show. And if people wanted to get that, what do they do? After they buy tickets, do they call the box office or they can call the box office to to reserve one, I believe, but they also can um when you just show up, we have multiples of them in the theater. Oh great. You can call in advance and ask if it's available. It always is at our theater. Yeah. And then um you can just go to the um there's a booth in the, our back alley where we where we hold the assisted li- listening devices and also the open caption screens. Right. What about the hearing aid? I'm asking because my dad is a little hard. Oh hearing, yeah, yeah. So what is that? What Those is that are like? available for every performance as well. Every Broadway theater has probably. Is like it just like twenty it's or thirty? Just louder. It's like a yeah. It it looks like a little. It's like a little speaker that you put or not a, an, a, like an earbud that you put mm-hmm. in your ear. Um, and it is a direct feed into the sound, into the microphone. Can you control the volume yourself? Yes. There's a little, um, that is awesome. Yeah. There's a toggle on it to control the volume. It's, it's great. That's, I think Broadway still has quite a ways to go in terms of accessibility. I'm going to tell my dad, my parents have tickets in August, so I'm going to make sure that my dad Those are available every Broadway. And I think, I think all off Broadway houses too, although off Broadway is not my specialty. Right. Um, but yeah, they're all the assisted listening is always available. Amazing. So they'll have uh, they'll have these performances where we're going to have a caption screen. So we'll hold a certain amount of tickets off sale right. for uh, for people to purchase in advance through TDF okay. for this. And they're at a at a discounted rate. Um, so anything that's like that, I'll program that ahead of time. And I'll say, guys, we want to hold 
200 tickets off sale for this day. We want to do this. We're going to, you know, allow this group to buy 60 tickets. We don't really actually on this show. We don't allow groups on other shows I've done. We've allowed, you know, internal group sales before. Yeah. Well, what about we'll and we'll get to Edgeham more because I know you you just like went to an Edgeham. But what about tickets like that? Yeah. All of that, that happens in in the programming of a new right. on sale block and that's also part of so it's just part of your schedule and you yeah know, like we this. create a calendar and um and i'll create a calendar for the um that i send to the people who are programming mm-hmm. and i'll say you know please hold these eight performances off sale as potential edge hams right please hold this performance off sale as an actor's friend performance sure. please hold this performance off sale for a buyout that kind of like thing into so that becomes part of the job as well we also manage the company ticket holds so whenever you if you've ever gotten house seats to the show they were through our office right so i like, know uh, we'll get to patreon peeps we'll get to i promise oh yeah um, but i know a lot of <laughs> i'm the, here forever yes but this is just a good uh, a good time to mention it because i know a lot of them just really wanted to know about that because i also get emails too where it's like wait can you like buy standing room what is the cancellation line like like why what is what are house seats what is that how do people like cast and crew members what does that mean so there's lots there is so much the short version is i'm gonna be as concise as i can but who knows how that'll go um we hold seats off sale for every performance that are uh, for company use. So the theater gets some too. Uh, so it's not just the company. Between the company and the theater, there are probably 130 or 140. And some of that per is performance? like... Per performance? it's not all... So it's the theater gets some, the company gets some, and then like um, Playbill has four seats for their use. The Actors Fund has four seats for their use. Okay. There are different things that have been like um, negotiated over time that sure. are just sort of built into every single show. And that's how like like the Actors Fund can use those to raise money on any given day, that kind of thing. We probably have closer to like 80 seats that we're working with every day, the, the company alone. And some of those are the lottery tickets? No, those are not. The lottery tickets are separate. Okay. We have 46 lottery tickets on Broadway. Okay. The entire first two rows of the orchestra. Right. Every, all the tours, it's about 40. It changes depending on how many seats are in a venue or what exactly the layout is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But yeah, on Broadway, we have 46 tickets that are are lottery tickets. Those are separate from standing room and standing room is separate from house seats. The house seats, the way that those work is mostly through contractual use. Um, there are a lot of people who have written into their contract that they have access to a pair of seats per show. Um, this is this is like standard across Broadway. Like mm-hmm. your casting director will almost always have a pair of house seats. Your director will have a couple pairs. The author will have a couple pairs. The like your lead actors will usually have a pair or two, depending on what like what the negotiations are when they're made. And they're not free. No, they're not free tickets at all. They just have them available. But if I wanted to take, let's just say, and I'm not saying this is a thing, it is so not at all. Yeah. But like if James Monroe Eigelhart is like, Jillian, you can have my house seats for this day i'm yeah. still paying what you're house still paying cost. you pay regular face value price whatever that is at right. that time right um also you guys that is not a thing i do not have any no, no, no. Up with any at all. Like, yeah i have james seats <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry jmi for throwing you in there that I, is not yeah. a thing just want to make that totally clear i unfortunately do not have contractual house seats under my name i'm not <laughs> fancy enough for that um get but it's out. like get out. Right. Interview over. i'm sorry no, i'm done oh my God. can you imagine um yeah it's like the producers and and your creative team your your designers and your directors and like 
quick side note prior mm-hmm. to this the last show i was company managing was the humans i was on that as the associate company manager and at the same time i was uh doing some work for a play that was going on called blackbird mm-hmm. uh which was a tiny two-person play uh and then before that i was doing a musical called dames at sea mm-hmm. and then i was doing um what up queen leslie hey she was on. i love her she's amazing um yeah i was very excited by her episode yeah. uh <laughs> oh, oh thank you oh my yeah. god uh and then and before that i was doing uh, a musical called gg which lasted for a hot second oh my god of course Uh uh-huh and then i did cinderella all of those shows to say um none of them particularly were as hot of sellers as this one is the humans got pretty uh pretty popular especially around tony time Mm -hmm. but there were other shows where like you know blackbird for instance it's a two there's two people in the play and there's like a kid and at the end um and we had three understudies and and so there were you know like 30 people in the building total right um and our our author was from london so he was rarely there and the director wasn't sending a lot of people so like they all contractually had house seats that i was holding for them but they rarely ever used them right and then in that case like i'll it's also part of our job to like release those back to the box office to make sure they sell and we're not holding on to too many seats um they always release like we have a, a release deadline a, a few days before the show um, that that deadline changes some depending on what show you're working on. OK, but so there's a, like James Iglehart to keep using this example. Sure, Sorry, yeah. James. For example, he can't necessarily come up to me a day before the show and say, I want to use my house seats for tomorrow night. He can come up to me and say, I know it's last minute. I have these people who want to come, is there any chance we have anything left? And we can see if there's anything that hasn't been sold or anything that the box office is holding on to. It's like a little bit of like of, of sorcery, but but for the most part, it's not really. It's just like, right. We try to make miracles happen as often as we can. Right. So let me ask you a question. What are the cancellation line tickets? Because... I think that many people who've emailed me, I gave them a wrong response. I was thinking Mm -hmm. that cancellation line tickets are unclaimed lottery tickets Mm -hmm. and unclaimed house seats. You're not wrong. Here's the Broadway secret that like maybe isn't a secret. I'm not actually sure. Okay. But I'm definitely allowed to say it. Great. Most shows hold something called emergency tickets for when we screw up or when something bananas happens or so-and-so calls me and says, I completely forgot, like, my mom is at the show tonight, and I set up tickets for her for tomorrow. Is there anything that you can do? Oh, wow. That Does that happen? Um, it has happened. Okay. But we have, you know, we have the ability a little bit to um, to fix things if, if we need to. Right. But if those tickets are going to go unused, if we don't need those emergency seats, then that's what we'll sell to the cancellation line. And then the other seats that cancellation the cancellation line gets are unclaimed lottery seats mm-hmm. and unclaimed standing room. The way that standing room works, I know it's a completely different thing. We have um, a few seats compared to how many lottery or or how many lottery or house seats we have. Standing room is like eighteen total, I think. Yeah, and um, standing room. You, the listeners know I love standing room. I never need right. to sit at the Rogers ever again. Yeah, I standing love room's it. great. But standing room is if you guys are are new to the the podcast or you haven't listened to any of the many episodes that I've gushed about standing room standing room is the best because you do it is a ticket number yes and there are like that same little plaque that a seat has Mm -hmm. like 102 103 104 like that is also on standing room but it's like a little windowsill right so you're not just standing like you can lean on something but you're behind the very last row of the mez yes standing room is is awesome um 
but it's hard to come by the way. So we really try to reserve it for the company as a way for their uh, friends and family members to see the show for less money. Because let's be honest, not all of us come from very wealthy backgrounds. Right. Standing room is 40 bucks. It's 40 bucks. It's not. Yeah, it's you do have to be at able the to Rogers. stand. I at don't the know Rogers. about any other. It, it changes from theater to theater. I would say between 35 and 45 is, is your standard price for it these days. And not every theater has standing room. No, it has to be built for spaces in the back. Um, there are specific fire codes. Uh, okay. A lot, especially with a lot of these old theaters, there are things you can and can't do. Sure. Um, so if there's a space for it and they can be numbered out, you can do it. Yeah, so that's the standing room. Some so essentially, um, the rule with standing room though is that people don't pay until they pick up the tickets, mm-hmm. uh, so that if you're late to the show, we can sell those standing room tickets to somebody on the cancellation line instead. But what is the the cutoff of people buying cancellation line tickets? Because I have I, I remember there was one email I got from someone who said that they were or someone bought tickets as late. They were uh, seated as late as the Skylar sisters. Interesting. You know, usually that's not the case. Right. I would, I don't think that maybe something, there was like an outlying circumstance there. But usually, so like I can't do my next part of the job, the signing the box office statement like you talked about until the show is quote unquote taken off sale, which doesn't happen until they've like, it happens at the start of the show when they've sold all the tickets. Once a show is officially taken off sale, you like there are preventative measures so that somebody can't sell a ticket after that point. The whole idea, again, going back to the days when things were paper tickets and things were a little like a little more corrupt. Um, so you couldn't necessarily right. like somebody couldn't be like, yeah, I got a ticket for you right here. Sixty dollars cash like sure. after the fact. It's all done very methodically and very specifically it also prevents us for instance from like if you have a ticket to the show uh and you say i'm not going to use that ticket can't you just sell it again uh we're go we can't i know that you're what are your the circumstances got, like, that you can't okay, go to the show i mean i'm sure there are many let's assume it's a different show and you're just like oh i can't get into I'm the just city. like not it's in not the mood it, right i don't know like, are you kidding i don't know sometimes people have like but they'll be like can't i just can't you just resell my ticket? No. No, we legally, physically cannot resell a ticket. Um, like, you can't sell the same ticket twice. You have to... Right. The way... Be, because we're preventing... Sure. You know, right. Like, fraud, essentially. Um, yeah, you can't be, like, part of the bot problem. <laughs> right, like, that's exactly. Not, that's not the business you the guys are in. The only way that we can resell a ticket is if you, you physically give us the ticket back, mm-hmm. and then we can uh, refund you for it and then put it back in the system. And that all has to be done manually. Right. To avoid this exact problem that, that we've been trying to figure out how to solve for so long. I know. <laughs> so what is the latest someone could, could buy so, a cancellation so, ticket? Yeah, right. Is I think it's, like, 8.05 or, like, five minutes after the show starts usually they're not selling after that point and if i'm wrong like listeners please like tell dillian and let me know because i I also don't see a lot of that part of the process to be completely honest with you well i wonder if they bought the tickets but they were seated Mm -hmm. around skylar sisters they could probably have purchased the tickets so maybe i I misspoke right maybe that That they were seated around that time but they were in the theater well before that right because we do have seating breaks so if it takes people a little longer to get in, we won't usually see people during as the first number is happening. Yeah. Now, sometimes that has happened and like, you know, we're not supposed to see people until after the first the first number has happened because sure. the idea is you don't want to interrupt the experience for the people around you. Absolutely. There's a method to the madness. Oh, I 
<laughs> this is an onion and I know everything right. is, is so many layers right and then I know that there are like layers and things that are choreographed where even people are like involved in the show are learning about it and they're like wait what we did that right what like that was a p- part of the plan oh well, my god can I tell you also like not even in the creative side but like when I was talking I was talking to everybody in the building especially those people who've come on your show oh my god about being on the show and I was like I was like talking to Michael Loy and Nick Walker and Javon and all these people and they oh were like God. they were like oh you should go on because like you should talk about what a company manager does I don't even know what a company manager does right <laughs> I said yeah that's what I'm here for yes I am here to tell all of your listeners that if you love the theater and you don't think that performing is necessarily for you or you don't know exactly where you fit in there are so many more jobs than you ever could have possibly dreamed of um th- there's there's just so many opportunities to explore and I'm so lucky that I've found the one that really fits for me Yeah, because I love the business side but there's something about getting to go to the theater and be around the theater and be around these people and just like how's everything going chatting with like one of my favorite parts of the day is when Annalie Craig is mixing <sighs> and I'll go stand I, I usually stand right by her the sound booth mm-hmm. at the uh right before the show starts sure. and so I'll either check in with her or Justin her who's the A1 of um, course and just be like what's up how's it going and sometimes that's exactly what you did when I was there yeah I did I was like this is the coolest job like every job everyone I'm looking at right now has the coolest job ever like it's just it's It's, awesome it's really fun and um you know it's it's such a family we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and when I'm Thomas Jefferson (gasps) I'm gonna compel them to include women in the sequel work you stay for the next episode and we can talk about how you even heard about Hamilton, how you got this job. We can, uh, if you would be willing, take questions from the Patreon peeps. Of course. I can't wait to hear what questions people could possibly have for me. Oh, they're so good. Um, But are you cool with that to hang for a second episode? Yeah. I mean, this couch is really comfortable, so I think I'll just sleep on it for a week and be set. Great. That sounds amazing. Um, Do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media before we wrap up this app? Ooh, sure. (laughs) So I recently changed my Instagram to my full name, which is Holly C. Campbell. And it's H-O-L-L-I-C-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. Okay. So that's where you can find me on Instagram, which is probably the social media platform that I'm best at. And the awesome picture of you with that new hat. Oh, yeah. I have a new hat. My best friend made me an H.Cam hat because Holly Campbell, H.Cam. I mean, obviously. Uh, also, just to be clear, my, my co-worker's name is Brig Bernie. So together, we're H.Cam and Beat Up Burr. Okay. Well, and <laughs> that is awesome. I'm not sure if we're going to murder each other or if we're just meant <laughs> to be together. Like, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> it's just another layer. It's you know, just one of those things where like the universe is like this is where you all need to be it works out right now (laughs) amazing and but you you do the twitter right i do the twitter uh you know i started twitter when i was in college and um so if you go back you'll read some like weird drunk tweets from college about football uh but you know it's hc campbell that's my my old standard yeah that one stayed hc campbell instagram's holly c campbell i don't think i do any of the others i really i tried snapchat can't figure it out no and now instagram does exactly what right so what's the point like 
all about the Instagram. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Holly. We're going to have a great week. Yeah. I you can't guys, wait to see you. I do. And do this again next week. Amazing. Your blanket's right there. There are pillows. It's the whole thing. Perfect. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And stay tuned next week because I can't even believe we like hardly dove into like... You, I don't even know how you heard wow. about Hamilton. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you so soon. I am G.Pen. I am H.Cam. support the podcast go to patreon.com slash the hamilcast you can get access to the closed facebook group where you can submit questions for upcoming guests get behind the scenes access live ama videos and other cool rewards my gratitude for the patreon peeps is through the roof and always will be the hamilcast.com is the home of all your podcast needs including episodes guest bios and my hamil reference heavy and extensive notes on the churnout chapters that i insist on calling chirpters sorry about that you can listen to episodes anywhere you get your podcasts, but I'm just saying if you really loved it, you would subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking for the podcast on social media, it couldn't be easier. At the Hamilcast on all the things. I'm at Jillian with a G on all social media, and you can check out The Residuals, my web series with Mike, you know Mike, at theresiduals.tv, and my true crime podcast with Patrick Hines of Theater People at truecrimeobsessed.com. Thank you again for listening to The Hamilcast. I'll talk to you in five seconds on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>